0: the american hero show featuring travis mills from generals to grandparents superheroes to superintendents heroes come in all shapes and sizes this is the american hero show
1: you know when you go around you brag about people that you know yeah because i'm like i know tim eisenhart I tell right. people that and they're right. like who and I'm like exactly and then tens I'm of like people know that you know yeah that. tens of people and then I go and I say like I'm friends with Gary Sinise And like no way and yeah. I'm like I know I said like, but then I'm friends with Pete Roberts and they're like Pete Roberts
2: the Pete." and Roberts. I'm like
1: yeah the <laughs> champion the man that runs basically the state of Maine but more more focused on Farmington he walks down the street people bow right he has people that walk out from the the town orchestra of and people. they play the trumpet and trombone and they say Mr. Pete Roberts and Queen Amanda I'm telling you they do right. And it's insane his kids yeah these people throw roses at the kids' feet yeah and yeah. they're 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 not but anyways but enough about how I explain it's a who lot this guy like is. it's a lot like Travis Mills in Manchester maine I believe I You know, people do look and say, oh, what happened to that guy? And that's how I know I'm popular. Because they're like, oh, I saw a dude with like, ugh, he's of fat, (laughs) needs to work
2: out. But more importantly. Oh, my God, Pete. He's so obsessed with his weight right now. It's
1: painful.
3: I am. Yeah. You know, men are the worst, dude. I'm the same way.
1: Here's what I found out, Mr. Roberts. And welcome to the show, American Heroes (laughs) podcast.
3: Yeah, thanks. And just so you know, if you did line up nine, if you line up 100 people. 99 would know who you are, and one may or may not know <laughs> who I am. They might just that's look at true. me funny like, ah, it looks familiar. 99 that's not would true. know who you are in the state of Maine, so you're the gov, bro, the, the future gov. It's actually,
1: we've talked about that, that's you, and I'll be the U.S. Senator if Kelsey lets me run, but we're not getting into politics <laughs> right now. What I want you to know, sir, is I am just in shock and awe that I get to be your friend. Mm-hmm. The podcast is American Heroes, and I, for one, believe that you are one of the biggest heroes in America today. And we're going to get into that. But give me a little bit of backstory. Give me who Pete Roberts is.
3: Uh, man, I'm just a I'm just a New England kid, man. A kid who uh, watched New England and New England's mills and factories, you know, be abandoned and fall apart and. You know, and I love, I love New England. I grew up in New England. My dad was a clam digger. You know, my grandparents, they're from Greek heritage and just hardworking New England folk, you know, with that Yankee ingenuity. So, you know, I grew up here uh, mostly in Maine, Massachusetts and Maine, but mostly in Maine and um, living that New England way of life, you know, hunting and fishing and working on farms and raking blueberries and all that fun stuff you get to do to do as a kid. You know, grew up athlete, played a lot of sports, in college a little bit, and after college sports, I found jiu-jitsu.
1: Jiu-jitsu. And That's right. I've heard about this. It's where you, you wrestle, <laughs> but not, and then you choke yeah. people, and it's okay. Like, in your friends at the end yeah, of the day.
3: Trying to kill your friends, basically. No,
1: well, time out. Time out. Pete, let's not jump ahead, because I want to back up, because I've okay. heard rumor that there was a time capsule project mm. when you were in sixth... Or 8th grade. Oh, you're going to go there. And maybe it was 6th grade. And I believe that there's a lady, Amanda Parody, <laughs> who said, I hate Pete Roberts. And Pete Roberts said, I hate Amanda Parody. Is it is something along those lines?
3: That That is a true story. Yeah, that was, uh, what was it, 7th grade, 8th grade?
1: And then what's your wife's name?
3: Uh, Amanda. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> yeah, we've been together since we were kids, man. We were like the two two kids. I was the arrogant ass, you know, <laughs> and. and she was the hot oh, chick.
2: Now I,
1: now I understand <laughs> so, why you're friends with Travis. That's cool. Because yeah. I'm the arrogant a <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks a lot. But okay, so, so you and you and the missus, you're together early, stayed together, uh-huh. built a wonderful life. And, and you were hustling. I mean, you were out there hustling, you know, take care of the family, doing jiu-jitsu as well as started your first company at what age?
3: I was 21, 22 when I started my first company. I dropped out of college and, you know, started a, a, a media company, a new media company. You know, we had a nice little run, was real real successful with it, but um I hadn't cut my teeth really in corporate America. I was just I always believed, I guess, in my own ideas and that there was a better way to do things. I was kinda probably like you, Travis, I didn't like authority a whole lot. You know, and you mix that with a little bit of
0: Oh, I hate AD, people.
3: ADHD. Yeah, done with you're a problem child, but I think those are also the types of kids who look at the world a little a little differently. You know, like uh, there are no boundaries; you can be anything, do anything, and um, and and a lot of those kids, I'd say, I'd say, run the world at this at this point. So
1: you can't put you in a box, though. You know, like for me, I, I don't think I could ever work for anybody again. If I'm not the boss, I don't want to do it. I'm like, oh f- no. That's how Tim is too. Tim, they want to promote Tim to be like a bigger boss where he is, but he's like the king of the castle right now, and (laughs) he just is like, no, I like my job because I make my own schedule and do what I want and no one bothers me. Exactly right. They're like, yeah, but we want you to even get paid more money to do this. And he's like, oh Oh, no, 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 I'm good. But uh, okay, so you started first company at 21. We dropped out of college, and I think that's a lot of people's story. Like I went to college for a semester and a half, and I was like, not for me. No, just wasting my time and my money, and then you went ahead and started like when, when did you start like manufacturing stuff and when did you see the need for that and how did that come about
3: you know basically my first company ended up failing really is what it and i don't like to use the word fail i'd say my first company was a was an eight year almost decade long tuition payment to what where origin came into the picture because i learned a lot over those eight ten years but yeah that recession 2008 2009 I didn't have the skill set or the knowledge to pivot, and it ended up it ended up falling apart for for whatever reason. There was a little bit of a coup, and ended up just shutting it down, you know. And and that that led to the ability to start Origin, you know, out of my basement in my house. You know, it was a little bit nerve wracking. My wife and I had lost everything basically during that recession, and she always told me, like, do whatever you want in life, but do not lose our home. Don't ever risk our home, don't ever like lose our home. So yeah. we ended up selling off everything and I had to I had to really have a come to Jesus talk with myself many many nights by myself figuring out how the how the heck to pull my family out of this with two two young kids, you know Keegan and Chloe were. Oh yeah, absolutely. In 2009 they were like little, little, little ones. So Because
1: your wife and my wife are a lot alike where I'm in the same shoes that you were in, in the beginning because Kelsey's like... No, I have young kids. I don't want to help you and your stupid projects. And I hate what you're doing right. at the marina. And I'm like, I love you so much, Kelsey. I just want you to be a part of it. She's like, leave <laughs> me alone. <laughs> so there's that. You know,
3: it, it comes down to like, uh, like just fear. Like if you ask Amanda, like when I said, hey, I want to start another. Cause she was like, put your resume together, go get a job. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just not, I'm not that person. Like I'm a builder. I'm a maker of things. You know, I'm. I'd be a miserable person if I wasn't able to do the things, if I wasn't able to get the shit out of my head. And that's where like ADHD is a superpower, man. If you can really folk, if you can use it as a tool, yeah, you know, but, but when you try to like constrain that, that's a, that's a problem.
1: Now, I mean, and look, I know you're the boss and like the managing and everything like that. Like, and, and you sit there and look at you now, right? You got your facilities and factories all over the nation. You, the clothing line, the boots, the Jocko energy drinks and the creatines and proteins and uh, testosterone, but you have all these products, nutrition. And then you also have the geese and you ever sit back there at your office, right? Like you're there and you drive around. I know you're the first one at the office. I always watch your videos in the morning when I'm waking up, have my coffee. And do you ever sit there and forget how far you've come? Because when I say that, no, okay, I don't mean forget like arrogantly, but I mean, a lot of times I'm like, yeah, I got blown up and then I got better. And yeah. the 19 months of like recovery was such a blur as I look at it now. But every day was such a struggle and a grind to get prosthetic, you know, arms and prosthetic legs and learn how to basically, you know, be a uh, adapted human, you know, in the world. And when I talk about it in my presentations, I'm like, yeah, so I got blown up and it really sucked. And then, like, you know, I got better and I retired. And I sometimes sit there and go, man, I that's crazy. Like, I forget to take it all in and just reminisce what what actually i did because i am so focused on the next thing and there's times when it hits me like the foundation and things like that but you don't i mean i know you don't forget where you came from but at the same time like i'm sure that you have those nostalgic moments like dude look what look what uh we were able to build just off hope and you know dedication and determination
3: yeah i don't i don't ever forget and i do i do i like force myself to often reflect like i'm one of those people that like i'm uh I'm an I. I'm an INFJ. That's like my personality profile. So I'm an introvert. Yeah, you know, and people would be like, "Oh, you're an extrovert." No, nope. I'm actually not. I'm an I'm an introvert. I like to spend time by myself, but uh, I'm often thinking about where we came from. And in the mornings, on the way to work, is where I actually do that. That's where I have my meditation. That's where I I get up in the morning. I get on the road. You know, depending on what location I'm going to, I don't decide till that morning. Depends on what problems are going on. I do my morning prayers, you know, by myself on the road and I get, I get focused and I get ready for the day and I reflect on like where, where I came from. Um, And I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty consistent with that, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that that reflection often helps, you know, drive my daily kind of like, I think every day I get up, I feel like I'm, I'm part of a startup. Like every day I get up, it's like this is day number one. Yeah, uh, there's so much to lose, and I'm never going back to where we were during the recession. Like I'm never putting my my wife, never putting my family in that position again. And and yeah, it's turned me gray for sure. But um, you know, there's there's well, COVID made me fat. Me. So yeah, well, so there we go. The <laughs> here's,
1: here's the ridiculous part. I sit there and I'm like, I want to lose weight, and then I realize I don't because if I did, I would just do it.
3: It is what it is. I've, I've embraced yeah,
0: it. Yeah, and nothing wrong with that. The conversation continues in moments.
4: The American Hero Show is brought to you by Foundations Investment Advisors, benefiting the Travis Mills Foundation. You've worked your entire life, and now is the time to plan for the unknown. Just like what happened to Travis, you never know what life might throw at you, and things can change quickly. Even if you have a plan, sometimes things happen that you can't plan for. Foundations Investment Advisors helps pre-retirees and retirees manage risks in the new normal economy. As a fiduciary, Foundations does not charge commissions and works with independent advisors nationwide. To request your complimentary customized financial plan, go to AmericanHeroShow.com.
0: Now, back to the American Hero Show with Travis Mills and Pete Roberts.
1: I see, uh, you know, I'm just here for the, for the fun oh and the smiles, God. but Tim has taken a page of notes. He has questions. He has an arrow on his page. Well, we, we actually
2: haven't gotten to where I, Pete, is, is, is about the uh, American-made products. Sure. Um, well, because I think, it, yeah, I, yeah, why was uh, it so
1: important for American-made, and what is he doing? You yeah.
2: got it. I just want to know where that, that motivation came from, why it was so important to you to have, have your products made. In America, and I've and I've read your articles. I just think it's important for you to get it out there.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, everybody in life has these defining moments that set them on a course, right? And normally, the course is take the hard road, take the easy road, right? Travis, you had a defining moment that sets you on a course, which is the hardest road I think anybody could ever endure. My defining moment wasn't even wasn't even close to the things that you had to endure. But it, what that's what,
1: not fair because it was about family. It was about family. like me. I had a daughter. I had a wife, and I had to get better or don't. You had your kids and your wife, and you had to do it or it's not. Just,
3: it's it's sim- same same thing. outcome. You know, just like you had a heart. You had a heart. Mine was more of an emotional, like an emotional course. Like I felt disrespected, and basically the way that worked was you know I would started Origin, and I started out of my basement, and I tried to find people who could make the stuff for us, and nobody could, and. I called around, but I didn't. I kind of defaulted to I'm only going to be able to do this if I import the stuff, and so I started importing. I actually did a pre sale. I didn't have any money to do this, so I I did a pre sale on a picture of what I was going to make and sold a bunch of stuff, and then used that money to buy it. So like we, we started out like not having like two two nickels to rub together or a bucket to piss in. It was kind of very. Organic, you know as far as like I was literally in my basement Like the resume pulled up and trying to like make this orange thing come to life So about a year into this importing thing and of course it never felt good sending money to Pakistan I was I was always I was like disgusted with myself for having to import product from overseas
2: What were you importing? (coughs) What was the first
3: jujitsu? Yeah, jujitsu gear like like the kimonos that we wear for grappling you know, and like shorts and rash guards, like things like that, just for jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And I had tried to find some folks that would make stuff for us. One company, yeah, we can weave the fabric for you. It's going to cost a million bucks. It's like, oh, I got like I got like ten dollars and thirty nine cents in my bank account right now. <laughs> like I don't, I can't even comprehend. To me, like, to me, like a thousand dollars back then would would be like having a million dollars. You know what I mean? It it just my brain wasn't there. So. You know, at one point, our manufacturer started ripping us off, and I found out about it, and I called him out on it, and I was on a Zoom call. I could see him, and I was, like, I was like, Ali, you know, that was his name. I was like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, you know, I don't have patents or trademarks on this stuff that I'm designing, and I'm a designer. Like, that's at the core who I am. I'm a designer. And he's like, hey, man, business is business. What are you going to do? Business is business. And I was like, cool. I I literally the next day called some friends, some friends and family, and we started like cutting down trees in my backyard with the idea that we're going to build this timber frame factory and make stuff. And it was such a naive idea, but I was so motivated. I was just so determined. And I was like, you know what, either we do or we die. And, And I've already gone through this once. So if we die, I'll live in a freaking teepee. You know, I'm good with that. I live in a teepee. I don't give a shit, bro. doesn't matter. You know, as long as my family's healthy, we're good to go. So I really put myself in a position, probably a little bit because of ego, just the fact that someone said, you don't have the freedom to do this. And really what it comes right down to is in America, we grew up as kids learning about freedom. And learning about the sacrifices people like Travis made for our freedoms. And the fact that someone said, you don't have the freedom, you can't do this. You can't do it. You don't know how to do it. You'll never be able to do it. That's how I interpreted that. And man, it just pissed me off. I was naive enough to think that I could. And naive enough to think that because it's been done before, because my grandparents and great-grandparents worked in the mills and factories and tanneries that there was still a way and that I could find the knowledge and the machinery to rebuild it. And it was very naive. But I told myself, if you can't do this with te- the technology and the communication, all the stuff you have, like back in the day, they did it with donkeys. They did it with donkeys and horses, pulling granite and, and, and building infrastructure. If they could do it then, not knowing what we know or having the resource technology. Like, if they can do it then, why Like why can't we do it now? It's such an easy answer. You know, like, oh, we'll just, we'll just build a factory. We'll saw out a bunch of timbers. We'll, you know, like, it's cheap. It'll cost seven grand. We'll figure it out. We'll build this factory. And that's what we did, you know, and, and everybody bought into it. And the friends and family, they they came on board, and they pulled out their chainsaws and started cutting shit down. And I found two old L bean sewing machines from, like, the 1940s. And yeah, nobody
1: the, makes that right people don't that was realize that. That was one of the favorite. like That's, he has to go to Italy to buy stuff because and not import But like they don't make the machinery here.
3: No, they don't anymore Like when we want a new machine, we have to go to like Germany or Italy or Japan You know because it's like it's all been sold away, dude Like yeah, the spirit of American manufacturing has been has been sold away And I know who sold it away, you know, and the American people The fact that our cities and towns are deteriorating and have been abandoned, like we're the ones that have taken that on, that burden of that on. So when is someone going to step up and change that? When is someone going to course correct? Like I said, there's a defining moment and you have these two paths. And right now, like as America being so divided, which I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that, factories were the melting pot of america coming in through ellis island textiles was the big thing people came here you know that had the knowledge and they they melted into these factories from different cultures and backgrounds and they came together to build something like that's what's missing and that's that's part of the reason we are so divided so who's going to say hey listen let's we got a course correct and i guess naively i thought that well maybe i could be maybe i could be part of that
0: the conversation continues in moments you know someone who's motivated, helped, or inspired you over the years? Nominate a hero to be featured on a future episode at AmericanHeroShow.com. While there, learn more about the American Hero Show, brought to you by Foundations Investment Advisors in benefit of the Travis Mills Foundation.
4: The American Hero Show is brought to you by Foundations Investment Advisors. Foundations helps pre-retirees and retirees manage risks in the new normal economy. As a fiduciary, Foundations does not charge commissions and works with independent advisors nationwide. To request your complimentary customized financial plan, go to AmericanHeroShow.com.
0: Now, back to the American Hero Show
3: with Travis Mills and Pete Roberts. It started in New England. It can restart. The renaissance of American manufacturing can start in New England again where it was original. Well,
1: I, I got to sit here. And I, I got to wonder, like, why are you saying who's going to do it? Because literally, you're literally, doing it. You are doing it. <laughs> I mean,
3: I mean, yeah. I guess, I guess at this point, we
1: uh, are. I'm pretty sure. I know your time's valuable, but you're like, who's going to do it? And I'm like, you, you literally have your 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 deltas, your genes that you scan a code on, and they'll tell you exactly what field the cotton that or whatever came. Like when you're asking where it's going to come from, yeah. It's you.
3: Yeah, we're we're building out. There's a plan. Like we we went from like those old L. Bean sewing machines in a generator, and we did that from 2000 like 13 to 2017. Mm-hmm. 2017, we we went and we bought a building in our our little town, Farmington, Maine, and we moved the machines in in like 12 employees, and that was 2017. 2000 2021. At this point, we're at we're at 250 employees. Mm-hmm. Spread out over two states, you know, five or six locations. We're at, we're buying another factory right now in the process of it, mm-hmm. and another one in North Carolina that'll add another hundred employees and another hundred and seventy thousand square feet. So, what we're doing is we are building a blockchain of manufacturing.
1: Wait, wait are we talking about Pete Roberts, the Renaissance
3: man? We're building a blockchain <laughs> of manufacturing. No, it's this is this is important. People people actually want to know where their stuff is made. Mm-hmm. There's two trains of thought right now happening in america there's there's the gen xers that sit in the middle of those two things so us gen xers i'm i'm 42 we're we're considered like middle-aged right if the average age is let's say 80 85 the gen xers we got the best of the world war ii our grandparents were world war ii era right they all fought in world war ii and we got those stories those stories that they romanticized about work during world war ii working in the factories how the country came together to build america's war machine we got those and then then our kids you know they're on the other end of the spectrum they grew up with this digital device this phone or an ipad in their hand at all times and there's a void that can be captured that both of these groups of people desire but the desire is for different reasons, okay? And what origin does is origin fills the void for those two. And let me put it like this. The younger generation, what do they care about? Oh, farm to table, right? Locally sourced, supporting your community. Organic. You know, making sure you know where stuff is made. Organic, where it came from. Cool. Then you have this group of people that that are 40, let's say 40 plus, 35, 35 to 40 plus, And they're like, I remember the stories of My grandparents. I remember the stories of the war I remember the stories of America coming together to build the products America needs and our grandparents and the greatest generation They're all passing away if they're almost all gone at this point And so there's a hole there's a void there that that we only can capture through memory All right, it's the same void is Man, why aren't we building stuff that lasts a lifetime? Why aren't we building heirloom quality heritage-based goods? And why aren't we doing it in America? So these two groups of people, they're actually, they actually desire the same thing for two different reasons. Now, if we can teach them the opposites reasoning, that becomes even more powerful. So you've created a connection, an undeniable connection between these groups of people. And origin sits in the middle of capturing the hearts and minds just like it captured my heart and mind as a middle-aged man which i hate to say it you know but i can't dunk a basketball anymore travis (laughs) you know like i like i I, like we sit in the middle never give up never quit yeah exactly never give up never quit so so that's that's like the reasoning behind why why we are the tip of the spear and what we're doing in america and you know what denim and boots built america of course everyone knows that and so the first two things we had to resurrect bringing denim, blue jeans back to life because there's a brand out there that has abandoned America, Mm -hmm. right? And we had to bring footwear back to life in America because that's what Maine's core manufacturing business was, was thousands and thousands of people. Dexter Shoes. Dexter Shoe, Bass Shoe was the big one in my area, 2,000 employees. And they all sold out. They all sold out because of greed and they abandoned the towns and the communities and the people. And so we're bringing that back, man. So that's it. That's what we're doing.
1: If you guys get the chance, anybody to go to the factory, all of Pete's workers—they're taken care of. It's not—he doesn't. It's not him lining his pockets. He takes care of his workers, and they have great, you know, potlucks and parties, and they—he thanks the workers and he takes care of them, and that's what you need. It's not just bringing it back. It's bringing that sense of family you know someone's out sick someone's kid can't get picked up somebody else picks up the ball and runs with it so man i can't thank you enough pete i'm, I'm excited to hang out with you by the way because i'm back in town i'm not running around the roads for the next like seven we weeks we some jitsu in i was going to contact you this week i know i can't I'll get you on the mats i can't wait to choke you out i'm looking forward to yeah it. yeah um everybody needs to go out there and they got to talk about uh, whoop ass watermelon the best flavor of jocko fuel ever because it's my flavor if you want to open a can of whoop ass Get it? But uh, no, Pete, I appreciate your time. You're a busy man. I'm sure you got a thousand phone calls. So Tim and I appreciate taking time for us and hanging out with us for this episode of American Heroes, the true life story of Pete Roberts, the American (laughs) hero, bringing manufacturing back to the States. Appreciate it. Crushing life, giving people jobs, food (laughs) on their table, being American.
3: Badass. Appreciate it, bro. Thanks for having me on.
2: Well- that's a dynamite human
1: being. Oh, it was explosive because <laughs> I've been there and I know what that's like. Yeah, I was waiting for you to, to, to catch on to that. that was, Did you yeah. know that I thought when Kelsey got pregnant last time, we should have triplets? Why is that? Because I want to name them Tucker, Nathaniel, and Travis. What? TNT because they'd be oh, dynamite. Oh, no. that's dun, dun, true. Dun, She's like, don't dun, you put dun, the evil dun, dun, on me. But man, what an awesome story. You yeah, know, the one seriously. thing I thought, but I didn't want to bring up because I thought it was a little bit insensitive. Is mm-hmm. when he talking about like all these people from all these places through Ellis Island, like coming and working the factories, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, what kind of potluck would that be? Can you imagine right. the amazing different foods they would bring in for
2: Christmas parties? <laughs> That's what you were thinking about was food. <laughs> My mouth you salivated. Know what? Your, your entire thing about your weight is really getting like all you talk about is your food and uh, your weight. and buddy, it's, it's unbelievable. I felt like Pavlov's dog because I started salivating <laughs> and I was like, I wonder what kind of wild dishes there were that I just have not tried. You know, what was really intrigued me about that interview was when he was talking about the two generations coming together, and, yeah. that, and that he felt like Origins was kind of bridging the gap between the World War II stories that the 40-something, you know, like you, generation, and then the, the younger mm-hmm. kids who are looking mm-hmm. to go green and all that, and he feels like he's merging them, and it sounds like
1: he is. Yeah. I mean, I'm 34, but besides oh, for that. sorry. Um, you look so much older. I know. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fell apart at 25, believe it or not. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much again for <laughs> tuning in to the American Heroes show. Tim and I are so grateful to have you as... People of listening—is <laughs> that what you call them? <laughs> no, people? no, no. That's what, not do you, what, what do you call that's them? That's what you call them. Their audience, our
2: audience, our audience. So people that's of listening it. would yes. be like
1: old English. People like, of our listening. But yeah. anyways, to our audience, like, share, subscribe, get on the train with the rest of the hundred million people, and see you next time. For more on
0: Travis and Tim, the heroes who join them on the show, and to nominate a hero of your own or donate to the Travis Mills Foundation, visit AmericanHeroShow.com.